This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why, this is why, pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why, the podcast. Welcome to the This is Why podcast. I'm journalist, author, and comedy writer, Laura Lane. And I'm author and editor, Angela Sparrow. We are the co-writers of the book, This is Why You're Single. Every week, we give best friend advice on topics including pop culture, news, friendship, dating, workplace dynamics, parenting, and whatever else is on your mind. This week's episode is called Hitting a COVID Wall with Your Partner. We will be answering your listener questions, including one listener who is running out of things to say to her boo and another who is having less sex with her fiance lately. Then we're talking about what's in the news. Sex between married couples is down. And a new Harry Potter video game will allow users to create transgender characters. That's interesting because wasn't there like a lot of controversy with what's yes. her name? All right, we'll get into yes. we'll get into that. We'll get into that first. Angela, how are you doing this week? What's going on? What's new? What's going on in the little apartment that you never leave? <laughs> My little prison. Um, <laughs> no, I love it here. Um, well, I figured I haven't given a wedding update in a while and I have an update. That's good to know because I'm a bridesmaid, so I'm yes. deserved of an update and you haven't told me anything. Well, you have you should have Let's... like a bridesmaid like chain where we where you like give updates and like we can all like chit chat. Like why you don't know what? You, why don't you have that? I'll just tell people to listen to this episode of the podcast. Okay, even better. <laughs> um so my my plan was like I pretty much knew that we were going to postpone because we our date was supposed to be June sixth of twenty twenty one, and it was like getting like we were right on the cusp of like it could have been okay, it could not have been. But I was like, we have to make a decision. Weddings are planned in advance, unfortunately, so I didn't have the luxury of waiting to see if everybody was vaccinated by June. So I was like, I can't decide if I should. This is the most Virgo thing ever. I was like, I can't decide if I should decide three months in advance or four months in advance. So I calculated when the exact date in between three months and four months in advance would be, and that was February 20th. You are a psycho just like me, and I love it. <laughs> I am. So this I is something calendar. that's very much something I would do. I was like, all right, February 20th is the day I'm going to decide. Ian was like, how did you pick that date? I was like, I used math to pick that date. Great. He's like, okay, Nostradamus. Um, so... Obviously, I was like my my criteria was like if by February twentieth, Ian I, and I and our parents aren't vaccinated, then we're going to postpone. And and this is like the alert, small we wedding. Weren't. This is not like your main wedding, right? No, this well, this would have been the main wedding. So, yeah. but the good news is, our venue and all of our vendors had no problem pushing to twenty twenty two. So, June fifth, twenty twenty two is the day. I just, mark your calendar. I, I hope you're wait, free. I'm actually going to literally mark my calendar right now. Uh, I am free. Um, I do have to say just as a, because I don't know if you are interested in the perspective of a wedding goer. Um, yeah. I know that like Falky saying everyone is going to be, el- you know, able to get the vaccine by May, which is like wonderful and great, but it's all going to take like there's still going to be like a bit of a rollout. There's going to be some hesitation. I think it's still going to be a little while till coronavirus is like gone, gone. And I really think until life feels like it's back to normal and there's been some period of time and like a little bit of like PTSD, people have been able to like recover from it and like slowly warm themselves up to having like a dinner party, like going on a double date, doing things that I have not done in so long. 
I think the idea of going to a wedding, even if I knew everyone at the wedding was vaccinated, I think I would just be so paranoid still the whole time that I'm there. It would be so hard to enjoy the wedding that just as a wedding goer, I think until I'm, it would be so hard for me to go from doing literally nothing and only seeing like Nick and my kids and like, you know, my acupuncturist and that pretty much that's it. Uh, and my doctors to, to going to a wedding. I just don't even think I'd be able to do it. I would be so paranoid. I would still, even though I'm vaccinated, I would still wear a mask. Like I would, I think I would just, it would be really hard as a party goer. I think you, people are going to need to warm up. So I really think that's yeah. the right move. What's the date I'm putting it in my calendar? <laughs> it's June 5th, 2022, which when I tell people they laugh because that's it sounds so far away. That's and a I don't Sunday, blame right? Them. It is a Sunday. Angela's uh, wedding. If everything else typing, was taken. If you can hear me typing, I'm typing it. No, no, I love a Sunday wedding. That's great. Yeah. And and here's okay, so well, first of all, I just want to say everything you said is exactly why we decided to push it back because we were like, even if like technically it is fine, we, you know, even if miraculously health-wise it's fine to do it in June, psychologically, no one is gonna be fine, including us. And like you said, like for that to be the first normal thing we do, like to go from essentially like being the kid in room and then all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. being at like a big party with a dance floor and like flashing lights. Like I think <laughs> everyone is going to be having PTSD and like I'll be, traumatic responses. I'll be so. Brie Larson in room like uh, like overdosing in the bathroom being like, hey, I'm having so much anxiety. Right. Yeah. So that did not sound like a party vibe to us, but – um. But what we are doing, uh, and it actually worked out in a really nice way, is that uh, June 5th this year is a Saturday. So we're going to actually get married on June 5th of oh this my year. God. And I do think that like – I'm putting that in my will, calendar too. <laughs> things will be okay enough by You're, this June that we can do a really nice small thing. Yeah. And I'm going to wear my dress. We're going to do a, a ceremony on the roof and then we're going to go out to dinner afterwards. With who? Um, I think like – my parents, his parents, his sister, and her husband, and like I like, it'll depend on how much room we get. Like, it's we don't know if we're gonna just like reserve a table for dinner or if we can like buy out a backyard. You know, we don't want to spend that much more money than we're already spending on the regular wedding, right? But um, so I'm not like I'm not options. invited. Well, TBD. If we if we get a bigger space, anyone who's vaccinated will be welcome. But okay, we'll great. see. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that's the plan. I'm excited. They actually This is I was, really exciting. I and I it's like I have a little thing to look forward to now. Well, actually, it would be crazy if we weren't gonna just get married already. You know, like we do right. have to do that. It would be crazy to keep putting that off. Um, but I'm I'm glad that we're not compromising our vision for the party. I do fear sometimes because we keep putting it off because we're like, we want to dance and have a good time. And now I'm like, oh my God, will everyone be too old to dance by then? Like, is everybody going to be like, I'm tired. I have, I don't know. We'll see. I'll be dancing. I will be dancing. So you're going to wear your your same dress, both dates. Yes. Okay. But I I can like experiment with maybe fun hair. Like I keep being like first wedding is like test wedding. I, I did like. I did like sort of the two dress thing. I had like a skirt I removed. So it like looked like two different dresses. I'm just throwing out there. Like if we, we should try to get you like a wedding dress sponsor to just like give you another dress. And then you could like, even though you love your dress, you could still do two dresses for the next wedding. Whatever. We got a year to I, work you on know it. What I, you know what I really want? I would like a wedding dress dry cleaning sponsor because that's where I'm like, mm, I, 
I want to get my money's worth. That will be a good thing if I get to wear it twice. But if I have to clean it in between, then that sort of takes away from the benefit of wearing it twice because right. it's going to cost a ton of money. Um, so I'll just have to wear a bib or we get a dry cleaning sponsor. There you go. One or the other. There you go. But I'm excited. Yeah. So I'll see you in 2022. See you then. <laughs> How How's it going with you? What are you doing? I'm good. Um, so in my building, like all of my friends have left because all my all my mom friends and like that I was that had like little kids that Ryla would play with in the building that were like cool and fun. They all left. Like it was really? it was like it happened so fast. It was like four or five, four or five families were just gone. Like, I don't know, some moved to the some moved upstate, some moved, you know, lost their job and like moved across the country to be closer to family. What else happened? I don't know. Yeah. Some moved just to like whatever. They all left. Um, and it's all per- permanent, permanently it's gone. Permanent. But then I get a text from one of them and I, I was like, oh, did you keep your apartment? They're like, yeah, yeah, we we're going to like rent it out. And they're like, we just rented it out to someone. Um, she's actually pregnant just like you. And I was like, oh, cool. She's like, yeah, she's a Victoria's Secret model. And I was, <laughs> wow. And like, uh, and I was like, oh. And so I was like, so in my head, I was like, should I reach out or is that weird? Like, she's like very famous, but like, I'm like, should like. I don't know if I was a first time pregnant mom and there was like someone else that was also like pregnant, like two floors down from me. Like I would want to be buds and friends and like, but I'm sure also she probably has like way cooler, maybe other Victoria's secret model pregnant mom friends. She doesn't need someone in her building. Would you reach out if she wasn't a Victoria's secret model? Yeah. She she was was like, if she seemed like she was like a cool and not a weirdo, I guess I'm just making the assumption that like, uh, every Vic- I went back when I worked at magazines, I'd do those like interviews for when they had those Victoria's Secret fashion shows and all the mall. They're just like the nicest people. I don't know what it <laughs> is. Interesting. They were all very nice. Uh, so I'm making the presumptuous assumption that she's like nice. She's obviously like, I don't know. She's kind of cool because she's a Victoria's Secret model and like her her hubs seems like he's cool too. I'm not going to say like what he does because I don't want it. I don't want to give too much info of like which one she is because then I'll be a total creep trying to reach out and talk about her on the podcast. Uh, I will say I recently found out that um, this very interesting journalist lives in my building and then I went on her Instagram and then I saw she had like a similar apartment set up to me and I was screenshotting pictures because I was trying to get ideas and then I was like, this is so scary yeah. that I'm doing this. <laughs> um very single white female of me. So it is I'm going to stop. It is a good question of whether I would do it if she wasn't a cool Victoria's Secret model. I'm like, are Victoria's Secret models cool? I don't even know. I Well, Victoria's Secret kind of is no more, right? Yeah. I mean, they've been like canceled, I guess you could say. <laughs> canceled, but also are they like going out of business? Yeah. I think they're all something? shuttered. Yeah. They're all shuttered and canceled and they canceled, canceled in the Jeffrey Close for biz can, canceled. Wait, wasn't it the owner that was like caught up in the Jeffrey Epstein scandal? Oh, maybe. But there was also they they did they said some fat phobic things, some transphobic phobic, things yeah, about sure. what, during their uh, their fashion show. Yeah, they're, time. they're very problematic. Yeah, um, but whatever. She seems cool on her Insta, and so I DM'd her. <laughs> I reached out. I DM. Oh, you did. You did it. So I did it finally. 
And I was like, I was just like, hey, my friend told me that you moved into the building. I didn't know if she was like publicly like saying she was pregnant, you know, so I didn't want to mm-hmm. like say like, I also know you're pregnant because I don't think on her Instagram it said she was pregnant. So I was just like, hey, just like my friend said you moved into the building. I'm a couple floors down with my kiddo and my hubs. Uh, let me know if you like need a friend or need anything in the building. And I like left my cell phone silence. <laughs> <laughs> can you see if she read it or not i didn't look that much yeah can you tell when people read yeah on instagram on a- you can see if if it's been read or not oh fuck okay i'll check right now while we're on the phone <laughs> maybe it's that's bad to know no i you're truly don't check. care if what worst what's the worst thing that the worst thing that happens is that i see her in the um in the, the elevator, elevator and like like hey okay how can you tell if it's read it would say seen i think but also if she it does not say seen if she doesn't follow you back though you're she might not see your message and because she is presumably somewhat famous she probably gets a lot of random messages so it might have just gotten lost over a million followers yeah so and she's a Victoria's secret model so she say seen she probably um is very careful about what dms she looks at because i bet a lot of i don't even pictures of penises I don't even look at the DMs that I get that of people I don't know. Uh, okay, so now an even worse situation will happen. Like we actually run into each other in the elevator. We see each other pregnant. We start chatting and become friends. We start following each other on Instagram, and then she sees that I creepily messaged her like a month ago, trying okay. to be friends with her. I think that'll be. Okay. I, I think first of all, I no. do think that I would have to call it out when I sees saw another her. pregnant lady. You think you're you're gonna bond? You're gonna have a pregnancy bond? No, I think it'd be creepy if we actually became friends now, and then she finds out that I DM'd her trying to be her friend. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm just. You gonna... should be like, I was I was hacked. That's <laughs> so weird. I was hacked. I literally said by somebody with very specific personal details um, about me and you. All right. Well, don't DM. Just wait till you run into people in the elevator. I guess is the moral of the I story. Guess. If you have someone cool in your building and you want to be friends with. Um, All right. It's time for us to jump in our mailbox. So first, let's take a quick sponsor break. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Squarespace. Squarespace empowers millions of dreamers, makers, and doers by providing them with the tools they need to bring their creative ideas to life. It's an all-in-one platform where you can build a website, claim a domain, sell stuff online, market a brand, see analytics. I don't even bother with the analytics, to be honest, for our website, but I like that we can market our brand, which is what we've been doing since we were a little scrappy sketch show at the People's Improv Theater and then as our as our brand, which it's so funny. I don't like to think of us as a brand for some reason, but I guess in a way we are. As our brand has grown, Angela, and we had a we became authors. We got our book. We added a book page. We got a podcast. We added a podcast page, our gallery page, our, our press page. So as we've grown, so has our website. And yeah, we've been using Squarespace since way before they were a sponsor. Big, big fans. So tell the peeps why you and I are all about that Squarespace life. And we have like our personal websites, my wedding website, our this is why the podcast website. Why do we love them so much? We have a million Squarespace websites. We love it because it's easy. 
Uh, you know, we didn't go into this knowing like how to be website designers, but Squarespace made it easy. They have everything you need to create beautiful and modern websites. You start with a design template and use drag and drop tools to make it your own. With Squarespace, you have the ability to customize the look and feel, the settings, the products, and more with just a few clicks. And all of the websites are optimized by for mobile, so it's going to look great on your phone too. Whatever you do, whether you are a makeup artist, a designer, nutritionist, Squarespace will create a perfect website for you. Check out squarespace.com slash this is why for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use our offer code this is why to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Angela, what's in the mailbox this week? Um, this week we have a question from an anonymous listener and she writes, how do you have enriching and exciting conversations with your partner when neither of you ever leave the apartment or do something that the other person isn't involved in? We try to have quality time together, but have nothing to talk about and just kind of look at each other. (laughs) And I responded to her and I said, I feel this. And she said, we've gotten super into video games, but like, I miss hearing about my partner's day and missing them when they're gone. Yeah. I mean... I guess so for Nick and I, because now we work in like I work out of like his art studio, you know, so we it's kind of like the same thing as if we both worked at home. But I still feel like we have things to talk about because. I feel like it's no different than after you've been with somebody for a long time anyways, because I'll still be like, hey, what was your day? Like what? Like, and if I got like a weird email or like, you know, something like weird, like happened at work or I, I don't know, I'll update him on like agent stuff or book stuff. And so I'm still telling him what happened in my day. Cause even if you're working in the same room, you don't, what are you updating each other? Like by the second? No, just like, I guess my advice would be like when you're working, like kind of keep to yourself. So then at the end of the day, you have shit to talk about. Like, is she like live? live updating him on what's happening in the day because surely she would still have like weird workplace dynamic stuff to chat about also like I'll ask Nick about like an article or something in the news that is going on and we'll kind of like chat about it so like bring up news stories you've read I always ask Nick if we're when we're walking to the arts we've got like 25 minutes I'm like have you read anything interesting like what's going on on Twitter (laughs) like have have you talked to any of your friends like what's going on so um, the news is updating all the time at the very least, like pretend you have your own little talk show and like chat about your opinions on what's going on in the world. And, uh, yeah. And never underestimate each other's, you know, workplace dynamics and emails and friends and update each other on like all that shit. Yeah. I think, I mean, like Ian and I try and do that as well. Like, obviously he's always like, you're online, like what's going on on Twitter, whatever. And you know, we talk about those things, but at the same time, like she said, we're in a similar situation where we're together all day, every day, and not a lot is changing. So like, I definitely identify with that feeling of like some days there's just nothing to say. Like some nights we eat dinner and it's pretty silent or we'll eat dinner and watch Jeopardy. Um, and I think that that's fine every once in a while. But what has been tricky about this year is it's happening for a lot of people more than it usually would. And then that can take a toll on your relationship before you even realize it to the point where then you're like not putting in any effort because there's not a lot of difference now between like a weeknight dinner where we watch Jeopardy and kind of like are zoned out 
versus a special Saturday night dinner, quote unquote, where we like have a nice meal. But like there's nothing that makes those things different other than our own effort. So like I think being self-aware helps, like communicating about it with your partner. Yeah. And you have to put in a little bit of effort, maybe more than you used to. But I really do feel like it's not that different than if you've just been with someone a long time and you've kind of like, yes. you know, everything about each other because yeah, like it's not going to come easy to keep things exciting with someone that you are been with a long time or that you see all the time, whether that's like a friend or a partner, a roommate. So yeah, I don't know, read books and then talk, you know, make, make the other person read that book so you can talk about the book like watch TV shows and like debate the plot lines, like play board games. Competition, I feel like is really healthy. Uh, humor is really healthy. So watch some funny stand up together and then like chat about it, dissect the jokes, talk about news stories. So yeah, you maybe have to like create things. I don't know. Do the New York times questions to fall in love. We did, we did. What was the one that we did? Remember when it wasn't that long ago, but, um, it wasn't questions to fall in love, but it was when we did like a New York Times love challenge on the show and like I did it with Nick and you did it with Ian. Um, kind of. Anyways, there, there's like it gives you prompts for every day. Let me see oh, yeah. Can, let me that see kind of thing is great. And I okay, think it's literally I just Googled New York Times programs, the seven day love challenge. So for a bit, it says for this was in June 2019. So it says. For a better relationship, try the seven-day love challenge. And that was actually a really beautiful kind of seven-day. Um, I do remember that. Seven-day experiment. And I remember like Nick reading a poem to me that meant a lot to him for one of the challenges and crying. It was really like touching. So try that. Try that. That would be my advice. Yeah. And I do think like being a part as much as you can given the circumstances is good. Like at the start of all this, we have a desk that like seats two people. So we would work side by side. And uh, after a few months, I realized that that was just not good for either of us. So now Ian kind of is in the living room and I'm in the kitchen. So we are physically apart all day and then we come together at night. And I do think that that helps. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Or, and like, yeah, do Zooms with your friends like in a room separately, like do as much as you can be a part so that the time together is special. What else we got in the mailbox? Um, okay. The next is another anonymous question. And she writes, by the way, we got a lot of submissions for this week's topic, but I had to pick this particular question because of how it starts. So this is what she says. She says, backstory, my fiance and I got engaged within 48 hours of me getting a severe concussion and a pregnant raccoon falling through the ceiling of my house. She had me hooked right there. <laughs> yeah, I'm hooked. I'm hooked. Uh, so she says, both of which resulted in me moving in. I was too concussed to live alone for a bit, and my landlord ended up selling the house instead of fixing it. With COVID, my job moved to working from home, and my fiance works in the hospital. He got super stressed slash anxious. I got super clingy and dependent on him for all of my social needs since I wasn't getting them elsewhere. Overall, we got more dependent on one another, and when we are both home, we want to be in the same room always, but we have way less sex. I think we've gotten very content just hanging out together, and we've learned more about what our needs are socially and in a relationship. For the most part, it's made us closer, but I want to love, but I would love to be having more sex, but the stress of COVID and the world being a shit show seem to be the culprit of that issue. How should I handle this? Um, so this 
I think a lot of people can probably relate to it. It's when you see someone all the time, there's no mystery. You know, you're, you definitely maybe need a little mystery in a relationship to feel that like sexy spark. But we get emails like this about just anybody that's been together a long time. So Angela and I have talked a lot on the show about like scheduling sexy time. Um, I also relate to this in terms of anybody going through like fertility where it can just like start to not feel fun or exciting anymore. So anyways, I think this issue in general, it's like all, it's all can be kind of looped under the same umbrella and have similar advice, which is it's okay to talk about it. So for example, with Nick, I'll be like, I'll be like, Hey, do you plan tonight? Like, AKA, are you playing online poker with your friend, you know, Um, (laughs) or do you have something to do tonight? And he'll be like, no. And it's, you know, we'll either be like, cool, let's watch billions. Or I'll be like, do you want to have a sexy night or do you want to have a sexy time? And that's kind of like our code where he, and he'll be like, okay. And then we'll kind of, I don't know, we set the mood. It doesn't, if you're just waiting for, to like look in each other's eyes and just start jumping on each other, like that's not going to happen if you're, if you've been dating more than like six months, it's just not going to happen anymore. You're not going to just look at each other and both feel horny all of a sudden. You right. ca- you kind of need, so then he, I'll be like, okay, pick it, pick some music. I'm like, I'll light some candles. We'll put the lights dim. Like we'll kind of set the mood. And then I usually like to go put on lingerie because it just makes me feel like better and like sexy. And like, he doesn't seem to care. Like he'll, he'll, he'll be like, he'll, he'll always make me feel good when I do it. Cause he'll be like, Ooh, but I think it's maybe more for like me feeling like this is different. I'm not just like in my jammies. So I think just like set the mood and just say like, do you want to have sexy time or whatever phrase works for you and feels a little bit more natural. It's totally fine. And just like do it once a week, once every other week, however much will make you feel like you're not in a total dry spell, you know, twice a week, yeah. three times a week, whatever. Um, you can even. Whoa, whoa three. That's crazy. Three That's times a week. Crazy. <laughs> Or like you can even, like I said, schedule it even deeper and be like, hey, I I always, when I'm trying to bring something up, I'll use, um, to not make it awkward, I'll usually pretend I read it, about it in an article. <laughs> or you can even say I was listening mm-hmm. to a podcast, but I'll be like, I read an article and it was talking about like sex during COVID and how like sexy Sundays are a thing. Like, do you want to try sexy Sundays? And just like say like, we're going to have sex every Sunday night. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah. how, what do you, you know, when you, with COVID partners, uh, a lot of people are doing something called sexy Sundays and that sounds kind of fun. Do you want to do sexy Sundays? We just know like every Sunday we're going to do like, we'll be like a sexy night and we can do something different or, you know, just make it seem like you just read about something and you have all of a sudden have this idea. So it's less of like, why don't we fuck? And, you know, and then, and then it becomes something negative and the other person is just going to feel bad about themselves. So that would be my advice. But what do you think, Angela? I, I mean, so like, uh, this is definitely something that I feel like I'm experiencing as well. And there are a bunch of articles. My news story this week is also about this. So like, you're definitely not alone. There are a lot of people, this is like a phenomenon that a lot of people are experiencing that their sex drives are just low right now or whatever. And I think for me, I could definitely do a better job of what you're describing of like setting the mood. Um, because I think like a lot of people have let themselves go a little bit and just like leaned into comfort a lot. Like we're all wearing sweats. All like, I mean, I try and get dressed every day, but like, you know, Ian's in a t-shirt and gym shorts. And I see him like that every day. He used to have to get dressed to go to work and look kind of nice, but we're both just kind of like sloppy. And like, that doesn't really get your libido going. And 
at the same time, you're not going to wear like a suit and tie to sit in your friggin' living room, but it's like we're perpetually in PJs and that's not sexy. So again, my advice kind of comes down to, comes down to communicating about that. Like I kind of said to Ian recently, I was like, we need to try and put more effort in and like look good for one another because that will make us more attracted to one another, you know, like dress up like you're doing a date night, even if you're not going anywhere. Um, and like, I mean, we're definitely like seeing the worst sides of one another. Like there is burping going on over here. Like there is just ugliness happening because we're trapped in a little room together. So like being conscious of like the fact that you should be comfortable, you should be like doing whatever you need to to survive, but also you need to still like be fuckable to your partner and like put a little effort in there. Um, and yeah, that's communicating and being aware of that is helpful to me. Yeah. Can't underestimate a good old red lip also. Sure. I don't really dress up. I'm just in sweats and jammies, but I'm pregnant, so leave me alone. But you put on you put on lingerie. That's way more than I do. I am doing, Which but I sometimes see looks like, really silly with the belly. I'll be honest, but it's good to know though. Like it's when you hear things like, "Okay, I could be doing more." You know, it's like there there are still stones unturned right. here. There's room for improvement. Uh, all right. Well, we hope that's helpful. If any of you listeners want your questions answered, email us at contact at thisiswhythepodcast.com or slide into our DMs on Instagram. You can also find all of our contact info on our website at thisiswhythepodcast.com. Next, we're going to talk about what's in the news. But first, let's thank our sponsors. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Care Of. Care Of is a wellness brand that makes it easy to maintain your health goals with a customized vitamin plan that helps you feel your best today and supports you long term. It's so easy. Forget all those days of opening like a bunch of different vitamin bottles and trying to get it all straight or having your little, you know, elderly vitamin Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday thing. Forget all that. All the vitamins that you need are just in a daily pack. You just open your daily pack, pop in your vitamins. It's so easy. Wait, I heard a little laugh. In the future. I heard a little laugh. You don't like how I describe the elderly vitamin <laughs> Boxes. No, I do. I love it. I love how it's like, listen, this is not your grandma's vitamin. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Is, <laughs> we're millennials. We don't need little boxes with the days of the week on it. We have packets from Care Of. They make our lives super <laughs> easy. We don't want to think. We want it delivered uh, to our door, and that's what Care Of does. So all of Care Of's products are formulated with good-for-you, clean ingredients. They are backed by science. Care of has an in-depth five-minute online quiz that asks you questions about your diet, lifestyle, and health concerns to help you address your specific wellness goals because your goals are going to be different from other people's and they will gear your vitamins towards your goals. And uh, Care of is celebrating women with Women's History Month this month. So as moms, partners, and business owners, women have a lot of things on their plate. They have small routines like drinking a glass of water, taking vitamins, and adding collagen to morning coffee that can go a long way in helping prioritize health and self-care. And that's what we should be doing, prioritizing our health and self-care. Absolutely. And you can too. We're hooking it up. 50% off your first care of order. Go to takecareof.com slash this is why five zero and enter code this is why five zero. That's fifty percent off your first care of order. Go to takecareof.com slash this is why fifty and enter code this is why fifty. 
we would like to thank our sponsor, Brightline Health. Did you know that up to one in every three kids are dealing with poor mental health during the pandemic? More families than ever are dealing with the tough stuff but are left without answers or the support they need. Brightline is here to change that. So obviously, we've talked a lot on this episode specifically about how the pandemic has affected us all, affected our mental health, affected our relationships. It is really hard to get through. Um, and it's okay to admit you need a little help. Laura and I always admit that. We, we seek out help from people because sometimes, you know, your family members, you can vent to them, but you need a professional sometimes. So Brightline brings care right to you, right from the comfort and privacy of your home, whether your family is having a difficult time dealing with all the stressors coming up while you're at while you're all at home together, or you need support for your child or teen who may be experiencing anxiety, depression, ADHD, or other common childhood conditions. Through video visits and their app, Brightline's expert behavioral health coaches, licensed therapists, and speech therapists, um, and others are here to help your child or teen move forward. They're here to support your pa- the parents too, so they make sure you have resources to help your child between sessions and progress um, updates along the way. So it's all about care that works for your family because we all need a little support sometimes. They're currently seeking um, kids 3 to 17 in California and Massachusetts, as young as 18 months for speech therapy. But you can sign up on their site to get updates on where they're headed next. Get started today with 50% off your first two therapy sessions. Go to hellobrightline.com slash why. Again, that's hellobrightline.com dot com slash y and mention code this is bright 50 when you sign up all right angela what have you been reading about this week well like i said my story this week is uh it's from the globe and mail.com it was trending on twitter as i was creating this rundown so i figured it was a sign that we should talk about it uh the title is another victim of covid19 Sex between married couples. Um, and Vice also just wrote something very similar where they interviewed a bunch of couples who were just like, yeah, we're not fucking. Mm-hmm. So they say, um, amid the strain, uncertainty, and unending sameness of pandemic life, many couples are finding the bandwidth for intimacy gone. Surveying 1,500 adults last spring, just after the pandemic hit, researchers at the Kinsey Institute found nearly half said their sex lives were in decline. Um, I mean, last spring was a year ago, so I would be interested to get an updated stat on that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, nearly half. So they said many couples are feeling trapped under one roof. Privacy is gone. If you have kids, all the kids are around. Yeah, that's Um, true. If if they're not sleeping, for sure. Yeah. Uh, And then they interviewed this clinical psychologist, Peggy Kleinpatz, and she said for most couples, it's hell. And she is detecting a greater sense of claustrophobia and desperation in phone calls with her clients. Chronic stress is triggering fights, which is toxic for sexuality. And also, like I was saying, people are overly familiar with each other. And as personal dignity went out the window, um, for some, it's felt impossible to cultivate a sex life this year. So interesting. I mean, I think we're we're now kind of at the end of the tunnel. Yes. With with everything that has happened. So there's going to be like a thawing out process and um, hopefully that will include everyone's sex drives. But hopefully it all comes, but like hopefully this will also just make people feel less alone that if they are going through this, 
don't know. Sometimes if you're not having sex, it makes you feel better to know that nobody else is either. Totally. I mean, this is honestly the idea for this episode came up because I was talking with my friends about this and we all midway through the conversation were like, wow, I feel so much better knowing that it's not just me because like, I I think we've all just gotten so used to what's happening. It's easier, easy to forget that it could be affecting you in ways that you don't even realize. So it's like, oh, it's not me. It's the pandemic. Exactly. My relationship is fine. Yes. You want to know what I've been reading? Sure. I've been reading thehill.com. The new Harry Potter Potter video game will allow users to create transgender characters. This is an article by Celine Castronovo. Uh, An upcoming Harry Potter video game will reportedly give users the option to alter a character's gender identity and customize physical characteristics. The effort to promote inclusivity follows comments made by Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling that have been criticized as transphobic. Um, So obviously, this is great. The, I would say the video, I'm not like a video game, you know, I don't know what you call it, like connoisseur. I'm not a gamer, but in general... I will make the overarching statement that a lot of video games are kind of misogynist, right? And uh, yeah, like the I way mean, they I'm portray- sure there's a whole world out there that we don't know about, but yeah, yes, like, they've been known as far as I know, they've been known to be that way. Um, so for the video game world, this sounds like really cool and obviously wonderful that you don't have to just stick to binary genders and you can. You can alter a character's gender identity, customize their physical characteristics. This is great. Hopefully, a lot of people will maybe see themselves more in the characters that they're playing. Um, But do you feel like this is like a way to just kind of like sugarcoat the whole J.K. Rowling thing? Because she's been criticized as being transphobic. She's made a lot of bad Twitter moves. And like she's obviously going to be making money off this game. Right. Not to be like super cynical about it. People can come around and change. But... Like, do you think this is just like her PR people or I, I don't know. I'm just a little like, well, really? Think you're like, I don't know. She's definitely, I mean, she, as far as I know, she's definitely not claiming to have changed her stance. Like she's still a pretty transphobic person. I think that it's the creators of the game that pushed for this to like that because they don't want to be associated with her views but i guess they do want to be associated with the money that harry potter makes yeah and Um, and there are like a lot of like yeah i mean when when she made it's i mean and yeah in some ways i think a lot of harry potter fans had to find a way to separate their love of the books and their love of the story with the person that created them once they found out that maybe the person that created them uh like wouldn't support their lifestyle or who they are um And so I, know, I have lots of, I was never into Harry Potter, but I have lots of friends that, that really, really were. And like, I have a friend that has a Harry Potter tattoo and now she's like, God damn it. Like, really? Really? Yeah, exactly. I hate being associated with this. So the new features will be available in Hogwarts Legacy. It's scheduled for a 2022 release. And I guess a lot of these features have already been adopted by other popular video games, which I didn't, which was news to me. The people familiar with the matter told Bloomberg that many of the developers on the game pushed to make the Hogwarts Legacy game more inclusive, given the controversy surrounding the popular book series author. So I do think this is really great for Harry Potter's fans that even though the author is kind of shit... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> At least there's a lot of people in the world. They know they're supported by people in the world of Harry Potter. It's, the Harry Potter world supports them. 
definitely a hard decision to make, I guess. Like if you love Harry Potter, but you don't want to contribute financially to JK Rowling, like what it's it's sort of similar to the whole like like can you still watch a movie by somebody problematic or listen to the music of somebody problematic? Yeah, I think it's so situational because yeah, if you want to speak with your wallet like you can find yourself going down like a dark wormhole where all of a sudden you're like oh I can't have an iPhone because like the stuff made in batteries is like child labor so it's it's like a hard yeah speaking with your wallet is is uh you can you can really that can be a whole podcast episode and more yeah we could do a whole I think it's it's definitely a personal choice personal choice for everyone personal choice yeah it's easy when I'm like I'm not going to soul cycle like fuck them or fuck equinox but like I also wasn't going to them anyways you know what I mean but I also I found that like like I'm not forcing myself to not watch certain things, but I also see them differently after I see a person differently. You know, like I used to really enjoy Woody Allen I was films just when I was Woody much Allen. younger. Yep, that was And like it. now, like I can't really – it's like even movies that I used to like, when I watch them, I see them differently. So I can't even enjoy them that much, no, especially ones that, that he's actually in, you know? Yeah, that's the one that comes to mind first. Like, especially if we were like, oh, what kind of movie should we watch? In the past, I might be like, oh, let's just like watch like a really like feel good Woody Allen movie. And that it's not feel good anymore. And I haven't been excited or interested to watch a Woody Allen movie in like quite a long time. Uh, all right. On that note, we digress. We digress. It is time for our topic of the week. This week's topic is hitting a COVID wall with your partner. So if you feel that way, if that uh, is registering for you, you are not alone, like we said. And the good news is we are at the end, or at least it feels like the end of this very long, awful year. And if your relationship made it through this very long, awful year, it's hard to imagine what could break you up because we've all sort of faced the worst. So your relationship is probably a solid Thing. You're just having a moment like we all are because of the circumstances. Um, we're all all at our breaking point a little bit. So like I said, this was inspired by a conversation I had with friends who were all going through the same thing. And honestly, just acknowledging it made me certainly feel a whole lot better. Um, some messages that we got from listeners. Laura, I don't know if you would like to to read some of these. Sure. So the question posed was like, do you do you have any stories or or questions about hitting a wall with your partner? And this is what people responded. Wow, that's a loaded question. Uh, we have discussed divorce eleven times. We only got married in twenty nineteen, so there's that. We also bought a house, so we didn't have to spend as much time in the same room as one another. Therapy is our BFF. <laughs> so uh, the divorce one specifically, I was yeah, like, wow, those are funny. Right. Um. And I love buying a house just so you can have extra space. Good for you. I mean, like if I if I had the means, I might do the same because it's really hard doing this in a one bedroom. Uh, the person that you're with, whether they're a roommate or your partner or whoever, they're gonna grate on you. It's gonna happen. Yep. Um, so like I said before, I think after a year of this, people I've gotten used to what we're going through and and they forget that it's affected their relationships. Um, so uh, the person that said therapy is our BFF, Ian and I are not in couples therapy, but we both 
uh, schedule our personal therapy appointments at the same time every oh, week. Oh, that's smart. Um, so you yeah, can just talk so, shit on each other. Exactly. Exactly. Without like overhearing each other. But I have said to him, like my dream scenario is where we could just like schedule once a month where the four of us chat. Like, I don't feel like we need weekly couples therapy, but I would love for my therapist, his therapist, me and him to get together and just like talk about whatever relationship centric issues we're having. That would be like a weird, awkward double date. It would be, but I would live for it. Yeah, I would live for it. Record it for the pod. (laughs) Well, maybe we will. All right. So people.com, which really makes me laugh because you guys know I used to work there. Apparently, they're doing like a lot more lifestyle pieces now. And they wrote seven ways to get back the spark after spending 24-7 with your partner for months. This was written by Erica Gerald Mason, who I do not think worked there when I worked there because I've never like I was they were not doing these kind of articles when I was there. But great. They're helping people survive their marriages. And these are getting clicks in the process, getting clicks in the process. But they did. They did. They interviewed some experts, some therapists to get some some tips. So um, how to get that spark back? Number one is just understand you're both stressed. That seems pretty obvious. Two, make date time a priority. I really like this one because I'm all about like calling things out. Like I'll literally put on the calendar. Like, I mean, I don't do it anymore because, but like what I would do is I put hot date night for every Thursday. And I would literally like on our joint calendar, it would say hot date night. So it wouldn't just be like dinner. It was like hot date night. And yeah, make it a priority. And so maybe do that, you know, like maybe dinner's usually a little more casual some nights. Just put on your, if you have a joint calendar, just put on your calendar, like hot date night and like set some candles and just make it feel a little different. Really, It's also going to get so much easier to do that once the weather is warmer, which it's getting there now. Like we'll be able to actually go and outdoor dine and and be out amongst the people. Uh, Realize some alone time is good. Uh, Yes. A little less screen time. So put your phones away during mealtime, which is just a rule I like to have no matter what. I get like really pissed when... I'm like, and that's I'm, something I'm all about being present. About. No, no, no. Yeah. Oh my God. Put it away. I even like read in one of my parenting books. It was like, even just having the phone visible, like stresses children out or just makes them feel like you're not fully present with them. That like a, di- a ding or a ring could like go off at any time and like ruin your present time with your parents. So literally putting the cell phone like in another room and on silent, it's just helped me with my son and I really do feel like all these like parenting book things for like raising babies and toddlers has helped me with my fully grown uh, husband. So I actually, I actually think though, like how we were talking about running out of things to talk about. I think that sometimes I have my phone on the table during dinner as a crutch where like, if there's a lull in the conversation, I kind of like look down and like, I'm like, no, 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 And when Ian scolds me, I'm like, I'm looking for conversation starters. No, no, like, no, no, it. no, don't do it. Don't um, do it. But Actually, I like one of the, for the little less screen time, I like one of their other suggestions of, you know, not having your phone open on the table. They say buy, try buying these like conversation starter card games that apparently exist specifically for couples. I'm sure this existed before for people that were together for forever and having this exact same issue. So uh, some of them, they're, one of them is called We're Not Really Strangers. There's the end couple edition. Or the intimacy deck. And they all come with questions to ask each other if you've run out of things to talk about. Yeah. Nick would never do that. I would be (laughs) down to try it. But Nick would be like, really? Like, you really think we need this? But 
But, but I then know again, exactly what would happen. But Ian would be very resistant and think it was dumb, but then I'd find like an interesting question and hopefully it wouldn't turn into a fight. I could see honestly like – because like some of the – an example of one of the questions is like make an assumption about me. And I could see that starting out as like let's have this fun night where we ask each other silly questions and then ending with like why did you say that? Yeah, yeah. What do you sure. mean by that? <laughs> it's funny. Like yeah, like the seven-day love challenge Nick thinks is cheesy and then he uh, like it really – it was really like something magic. So like sometimes these cheesy things, if if you can get the, your partner to do them, sometimes yeah. they end up actually helping. Uh, okay. Last few things. A little more screen time. So like we talked about earlier, you know, binge watching a show together, watching like mystery thrillers, action films, like something that's like a little more exciting. I don't like those kind of things, but that's why I say comedy is always good. It's good to laugh together. Um, we, we watch murder documentaries together. Great. Great, so, great. I would have that nightmares. That works for us. <laughs> I would have a lot of nightmares. Um, number six, help them replace what's missing. Each person in a relationship interacts with the world in a unique way, which means that mid-pandemic, your partner may miss different aspects of society than you do. So instead of being frustrated, try to to help them work through it or help them identify what they're craving and supplement that. Uh, and respect each other, lastly, you know, the past year has disrupted everybody's life. Even if maybe your partner doesn't complain that much, I'm sure they're, they're dealing with the stresses and yeah. And I would just add to that, like find little tiny, exciting things, do a dessert night, you know, go get, make little ice cream sundaes, like make special hot chocolates, like go buy some, I bought these like vegan, I think like gelatin is the most disgusting thing in the whole world and I don't eat any food with it. So, but I found these like really good vegan marshmallows and I made us like hot chocolate so just i don't know little tiny things that just switch up your normal flow of life i think is good anything else last to add before we wrap up and i think like we all have like quantity of time right now but not quality of time like we're having more time together with each other than ever but that means that it's not special so i think like like I, like I always come back to like communicating and being self-aware and acknowledging like if you're feeling weird, if you're starting to feel like you're in a slump, like talk about it before it gets worse. Yep. 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 Well, we hope that's helpful and let us know what you think. Send us your questions because they inspire a lot of our episodes. That is it for this week's This Is Why podcast. Check out our book, This Is Why You're Single and my book, my new book, Cinderella and the Glass Ceiling and Other Feminist Fairy Tales. We encourage you to get them from your local indie bookstores. But, of course, they're available on Amazon, Barnes Noble, too. And they're not, those are not the devil. A little, a little bit. Amazon might dabble in being the devil, but you make your own decisions, guys. Uh, get hooked up with discounts from all of our sponsors. For a full list of sponsors and the coach, check out our podcast page on thisiswhythepodcast.com. We're also on social, so you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at thisiswhypodcast. Please like and subscribe on iTunes. and. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. Bye. This is why. This is why. Pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why. The podcast. That was a headgum podcast.